podcast where we normally rank every horror movie ever, but this week I'm joined by friends Kyle and Meg, and we're going to talk about the Andy Sedaris classic, Hard Ticket to Hawaii. I love that movie. Hi, it's Kyle. This is Meg. That movie was nuts. So, uh, our friends at Mill Creek Entertainment were kind enough to give us the new Blu-ray transfer, and... I don't know if there's any way to watch Hard Ticket Hawaii but in high definition. Um, this transfer is so good, I'm now worried about the cast's skin because I can see a lot of freckles and they have some irregular moles and I think they need to get those checked out. I mean, it was 1987 in Hawaii. They were all wearing SPF 10 at best. Those are some bronze, bronze boys and babes. Yeah, that was 31 years ago, so I'm sure they've all already gone to their dermatologist, but still, uh, you should check that out. So, as far as movies with original songs, how does the song Hard Ticket Hawaii rank against other (laughs) movie title track songs. It's so good. It's, it's like a John it's better Cash. better than Maniac Cop 2, for sure. Whoa. Them's fighting words, Cop. Not as good as Legend of McCullough's Mountain. You see where my, where my uh, brain is skewed. <laughs> I don't understand it. it. But it's a very good... The... the I just want to say this is the most 80s movie that could possibly have ever been made. Disagree. Counterpoint. What's your counterpoint? Cannibal Women and the Avocado Jungle of Death. Very true. Directed by, I think, if not the same director, also another deeply misogynistic It wasn't great to women. No, no. Neither is Hard Ticket to Hawaii. Hard Ticket to Hawaii... Uh, so, so do you think that Andy Sedaris has never had sex with a woman, or do you think that he's just got some hang-ups, or do you think that like he doesn't know how to direct? Yes. If he has had sex with a woman, I don't think it went well. <laughs> <laughs> there was a moment where I like asked y'all while we were watching it, like, are they in these weird positions where like the guys? In one scene, the main guy is sitting in a chair, and he's making out with the main woman, and she's, like, on her knees. Yeah, like, belly button to groin, basically. Yeah, and, like, I was like, is that what Andy Sedaris thinks vaginal sex is? I think so. He thinks it's the belly button. This is the horniest movie, but also the movie that least understands how sex works. Um, but yeah, I think, like, it's just that navel sex. Pardon me. Uh, the director of, this just in, the director of Cannibal Women in the Avocado Jungle of Death is J.F. Lawton, who wrote the screenplay for Pretty Women. Okay. Well. So, that's how he feels about the ladies. Well, I mean, you know what they say, where one man's dream is another man's lunch. <laughs> <laughs> this movie... What is the plot of Hard Ticket to Hawaii? Well, there's a nurse that keeps the guy in stitches. <laughs> there's just which is I really think supposed weird. to be a double entendre, but again, doesn't understand sex. <laughs> um, this movie owes a lot to the Arnold Schwarzenegger classic Commando, by which I mean its primary pro- uh, prop. 
Yeah, yeah. It's just a excuse to shoot a rocket launcher as many times as possible. With varying degrees of effect. English major take here. Um, can we discuss the symbolism inherent in corrupted snake? So, there is a snake. Check that off is, snake. There, there's a snake at the beginning of the movie. These characters work as... Bush pilots. Bush basically. pilots. And they are carrying crates of products to these islands. Now, here's another thing that's really upsetting. Um, last time I checked, Hawaii has a very strict customs policy mm-hmm. because they are an island, so they don't want just random uh, snakes on the island. Corrupted snakes. Especially a snake that has been corrupted by... Okay, it's contaminated with toxins from lab rats that were given cancer. Yeah, that. It will kill anything it touches. It will kill anything it touches, and it will touch that with its fangs. It's also a boa constrictor with fangs. Dagger-like fangs. Not correct. It is basically a hand puppet. It is a very greasy puppet. (laughs) It is really greasy. greasy. Why is it greasy? That's That's, that's the contamination. That's the contamination. It's It's covered in KY jelly. Yeah. This snake is just in a cold sweat. It's that animal birthing lubricant they use on Mythbusters. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Yeah, I like that um, they were, you know, transporting what they assumed to be a non-contaminated snake along with some very happy honeymooners. And you... I know it wasn't a horror movie, but I feel like horror film tropes still apply. Like, oh, you know that guy's gonna die. Yeah, yeah. It really does make sense for us to be covering it on this podcast because even though it's not a horror movie there is a knife wielding maniac and there is a snake that is looming in the woods stalking its prey which are these women who constantly are taking their tops off yes so yeah in a lot of ways it's kind of it's on brand it's on brand it's very on brand also a guy gets killed with a frisbee that uh, has razor blades stuck in it. He that just wants baby to was throw. almost ready for prime time. <laughs> yeah. so, so, he's just another thrower. Let's talk about being so obsessed with frisbee that you're willing to put life and limb at risk. Yeah. I feel like in the job description, he was like, well, this is fine. It doesn't say anything about not playing Frisbee. Yeah. The character, Shades... Shades Gunhaver. Shades Gunhaver <laughs> um, is holding a large gun. I'm not a gun person. I don't know what the kind of gun was. It's but he's an IMI hold- Uzi. Thank you. Yeah, it's an Uzi. <laughs> I you, also nerds. knew that. <laughs> Thank you, gun nerds. He was holding an IMI Uzi in one hand and throwing his... Frisbee with and the other. ICUP Uzi. Yeah. Yeah, and it's it's I I <laughs> as a person who has led many new hire trainings, I I understand where he was coming from and it's something that I fundamentally see sometimes. <laughs> Well, nobody told me I couldn't be playing Frisbee. So he air-butted his job interview? (laughs) The rules say I can't play Frisbee. The rules don't say I can't play Frisbee. His job is to wear shades and have a gun. He meets those requirements. Anything else is fine, I guess. Okay, but his job is to keep people off of the drug cartel's property. And he explicitly... 
allows people to constantly be there to play frisbee with. In him. his defense, he did not let random frisbee girl and her dog actually into the drug complex. Right. That's true. He Colleen. stopped her at the. He stopped Colleen, whose actor's name is also Colleen, because she couldn't remember her character's <laughs> name otherwise. Stopped her at the border and said, "Hey, stop right there." Also, you want to throw. Colleen, who, quote, has a really nice ass, quote, you don't have such a bad one yourself, Pilgrim. Colleen, frisbee owner, sometimes dog owner. <laughs> In Shades' defense, this was 1980-something. There were not cell phone games for him to be playing, and he's on the beat. What do you want him to do? Read a book? He has to stand he can't there. read. He's wearing sunglasses. <laughs> He just has to stand there all day. He's going to get bored. A young lady comes by, throwing a frisbee for the dog, and Shade's gun haver was like, well, that looks like fun. The rest is history. Is Shade's, like the like how the snake is a contaminated snake, is Shade's a human that's been contaminated with Labrador Retriever genetics? Is Shade's a were-dog? So. Is Shade's a were-dog? I think he is. Hmm. Further submitting that this is a horror movie. I feel that there was a really beautiful piece of cinematography in this film. Like, this film, garbage heap, right? Like, undoubtedly, like, you're not going to watch this film because you wanted to see, like, a good movie. It's the crystals of movies. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Nothing like it. But there was... Are you talking about the stock footage? No. Okay. (laughs) There was a shot where the, the two... Blonde ladies. I'm sorry, I didn't catch their names. I think it's Taryn and Donna, and Donna is also played by an actress named Donna. Nice. So, Taryn and Donna are stumbling upon I still some... cannot tell you which is which. Nunchucks or not nunchucks? Taryn is Taryn nunchucks. Is nunchucks. Taryn is the civilian. Yes. I didn't know Donna had a name. <laughs> I really do think that the director realized, oh, we can't tell them apart, so we'll just give one nunchucks. Right. Basically. And the other one had a ninja star that showed up. Once in a while. And it was awesome. Anyways, there was a beautiful piece of cinematography, though, where Taryn and Ninja Star find the two gruesomely murdered bodies by the, you know, contaminated snake. And they see that the gentleman honeymooner was still holding a Polaroid camera, right? Mm -hmm. And this is some just beautiful, like, almost dramatic irony that is not possible with today's technology and they go oh there is a picture still in the polaroid camera and the picture comes out and they're watching this picture as it develops and what is it it's the snake (laughs) and that was just such a beautiful shot i loved it they also just got done showing the dead man's dead wife who is being picked apart by crabs. Yes. <laughs> because Hawaiian beach I feel and that's, corpse. That's some beautiful juxtaposition of the rotting <laughs> fly-ridden corpse of the lady honeymooner and like the beautiful background of Hawaii. There was really a lot to think about in this movie. I feel like there's a Godfrey Ho movie, one of the Thunderbolt series, Yeah, that does basically that same scene at the near the end of this one with the snake coat, except it is tiny crabs. Mm. And it's a woman running from tiny crabs while a dude in a mustache throws grenades at them, maybe. Ooh. <laughs> you know, it's just totally a normal thing. Um, I mean, I've got to put you through Ninja Thunderbolt real soon. Yeah. So, 
Another thing that I wanted to know is how much of this movie was, hey, um, director, here's a guy that can do skateboard tricks. We'll put him in the movie. <gasps> oh, yeah. Hey, I loved here's it. a guy that can, yeah, this guy can ride on the skateboard with his hands. Do you want to do that? Sure, let's throw it in there. Hey, this guy's really good at drag. Do you want him to just be in drag in this movie? All sure. right, let's do it. Hey, this person owns a hang glider. Put him in. <laughs> I know two sumo wrestlers. Okay, I'll make a scene. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, it was definitely funded by that the resort. Like, it says that at the end. Shot on location at whatever resort in Honolulu. And it was just, like, attractions around the resort. <laughs> it was a pretty movie. It was. I mean, it's it Hawaii. Yeah. Yes. Is Andy Sedaris okay? No. no. Yeah. I, he's not okay. He's, no, that intro at longer. the beginning kind of uh, demonstrated that even towards, you know, more modern times, yeah, everybody went through troublesome periods. You mean the 20-year-old intro that's a, the, yeah. the bonus feature of this Blu-ray? <laughs> even Julie Strain didn't want to be in that intro. Right, Julie Strain will I'm, be in anything. You know, people have time to learn and grow, and he maybe chose not to. And and he is dead. He died in 2007. Oh, and according to the internet, um, we were convinced when watching this that the movie is written and directed by Andy Sedaris, but produced by Arlene Sedaris. Mm -hmm. It is not, in fact, Andy Sedaris in a wig. It is a... Arlene Sedaris is her own person. Let me ask. Exquisite. Is Arlene Sedaris still alive? Because I have a theory. Yes, she is still alive. (gasps) Andy Sedaris faked his death. For the insurance money. And is now living quite happily as Arlene Sedaris, who is, as I first said, in fact, Andy Sedaris in a wig going, Why, hello, I'm Arlene Sedaris. But still just dressed like Andy Sedaris, just wearing a wig. And I dress like you. That's true. It's 2019, girls can dress. shirts. Arlene's can dress like Andy's now. I, speaking of Andy Sedaris, he was in that film as Whitey the Sportscaster, right? Yeah, so like... He was in that film as a rapist. He was. He literally does say... They do say that early on, you almost raped me. And I was like, yeah, that was last night. Yeah. And that goes nowhere. He put himself in his own film as a rapist. That is true. Content warning gonna maybe be necessary for this one, Quincy. And I'm sorry. It's fine. Um, Yeah. But also, what was the point of that entire subplot with the sportscasters? Well, there's a lot of this movie that subplots that don't go anywhere. There is that there is a sumo dojo mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. just has a payphone. There is that the guy is calling to warn the pilots about the contaminated yeah. snake. And then once he says there's a contaminated snake... He stops trying to solve yeah, the problem. He is no longer in that movie. He says, good, I warned them. I yeah. can sit down and the relax. Michael Caine. Yeah, he had the profile of Michael Caine, but not the chops. <laughs> there's um, tons of these like weird, yeah, unresolved There's the NFL like, convention, players draft or something going on. 
where which is like Jimmy John, the sportscaster, and Andy Sedaris, his producer, are about to lose their jobs because they can't get the, the football players to stop swearing on camera. Is that what that was? Yes. Oh. It it like it's the football weird. players all got drunk and went and like started saying horrible things, so they were yeah. all in trouble. Yeah, fair enough. I. I, I said at the beginning of the movie, and I feel like it holds up to the end, that the movie doesn't necessarily feel like a, a film so much as like a series of vignettes of fever dreams. Yeah. That, like, yeah, you won't. I had the craziest dream. I was in Hawaii, <laughs> and there were these sumo wrestlers, and there was this contaminated snake. It's not quite Ninja Thunderbolt level. No, it's not. Which is the gold standard like for a fever dream logic, but yeah, you are not paste. wrong. It was. It was shot with a script that was connected together. It was not a Godfrey Ho style, we're going to shoot eight movies and just splice them together. But the tangents are inscrutably bizarre. Why was blonde sportscaster Jimmy John What's-His-Face in the climax of that movie? He's not a special agent, is he? No, he's just the... The boyfriend um, of the other civilian. Yeah, Taryn's boyfriend. <laughs> so obviously he goes to raid the criminal mastermind's headquarters. Also, the there's a plot of this movie where Taryn and Donna stumble upon diamonds. <laughs> and through the course of the movie, everyone who has a legal claim to these diamonds is murdered. Mm-hmm. And then at the end of the movie, spoiler for a 30-year-old movie, Terrence says, so I get to keep all of these diamonds. And they're like, that's how the law works. Finders keepers. No one else has a legal claim on right. these. Now, I'm not a legal... I'm just a backwoods <laughs> southern podcaster. But I don't think that's how law works. No, legally. And I looked it up. If you murder everyone with a claim to that property, that property is legally yours. I mean, that's how they got the van and the motorcycle. don't take advice from this podcast, y'all. Yeah, literally, they just, like, it's D&D-ass rules. It's mm-hmm. we murder these people and we loot their bodies. Yeah, like, well, no one in this compound's going to need this drug van anymore. The drug van had a motorcycle in the back. Yes, it did. I the, love that. The drug van They set is that a, up a few scenes earlier, too, when they were picking up uh, Michael slash I was, Michelle. I was playing covet fashion on my phone. I'm sorry. That's okay, <laughs> it's my totally mind. normal. Uh, totally acceptable not to pay full attention to this movie. Um... I want to go around the table and ask what everyone's favorite fashion accessory in this movie is. I mean, the power suits. The power yeah. suits are I very think Donna there wears. Was, yeah, Ninja Star had like a yellow outfit that was just mm-hmm. outstanding. The uh, the it was the uh, the yellow bell bottoms, spell bottom slacks with the yellow blazer. Yeah. No top, but like bra cups in the blazer. I would wear very that. Very good. I, in fact, I am wearing that right now. You can't prove otherwise. This is an audio medium. My favorite is, I believe his name is Chemo, the um, drug runner that's got the dangly skeleton earring. I believe his name yes. was just Earring in the credits. Oh, it, it probably was Earring. It is a Halloween earring of a plastic skeleton with uh, basically just little jewelry hoops holding all of the different body parts and it just dangles and flops from his ear the whole time and it really shows that he's a a tough customer Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm -hmm. i want that earring 
Yeah. <laughs> my mother, when I was a child, had earrings like that. Pretty sure she still has those earrings. And now you're a horror podcaster. <laughs> you know, I have met your mother and I am unsurprised by all of these statements. <laughs> your you mother know, is listen. lovely. I love I, your mom. She is great. She is hashtag none more goth. That's fair. She doesn't listen to this podcast. You can say whatever you want. No, she's nice. No, I do, I do <laughs> genuinely like your mom. She's very nice. I've met her several times. She's a wonderful person. Not trying to throw shit at your mom, but I am unsurprised. <laughs> Is there like a greater Andy Sedaris cinematic universe that I, as a newcomer to this, am missing out on? Because I feel like there sort was like a wink and a nod to it as Ninja Star Lady had posters of other Andy Sedaris movies mm-hmm. and then they were discussing her cousins. Yes. Is that is that something that kind I of. should have known about going into so this? So these actors show up in several Andy Sedaris movies playing different characters. Okay. But they are also kind of playing the same characters. Sure. It's a little bit like Tezuka's star system, where like Astro Boy just shows up in other in other Osama Tezuka projects. Yeah, yeah. Cause... Except it's just like, yeah, these playmates just show up in different Andy Sedaris projects, or rather, blonde playmates that look like the other blonde playmates show up. So and are considered interchangeable. Were the events of Malibu? What was the first Malibu one? Express. Malibu Express. Were they actual events that happened, or were they a movie in this universe? I think it's both. Okay. It's a, I believe it is a movie based on the events that led Taryn to go into witness protection, but, except she does oh. not appear in that actual movie, but the actresses do. But the main actor of Malibu Express, they could not get for the sequel. Right. So they said, well, he, now he's gone into acting and he plays himself in the movie version of his real life. Yes. I see. And it's, it makes perfect sense. The cousins in that film. So it's like, the, you know how I look exactly like my cousins? It's like a Patty Duke show situation. Nope. They're cousins. Identical cousins. Not the only one that watched Nick at Night. Okay. Yeah. No, I was poor. Sorry. That's okay. Um... Continuity heightens up when Julie Strain starts being in these. The lethal, sorry, the L E T H A L ladies movies are a little more connected. Why did you spell the word lethal? Because it's an acronym, but not for anything. For what? It's kind of like Hydra, where it's an acronym, but it's not for anything. Oh, the Patriot but there's a period. Act. There's a period. It's it's the Patriot Act of films. I guess. Well, the Patriot Act is a backronym. Yeah. They made up words to go with. <laughs> Hot political takes here. Not I'm watching waiting. any of these other films. Uh, do you think I would like other Andy Sedaris films? Did you like this film? I did like they this film a lot. They are all basically this film. They're all just shit the bed crazy. <laughs> Which, I've got them on VHS. Well, we're going to descend Which, the stairs in a moment and you watch You said another. there's only one way to watch the movie, which is on Blu-ray. I argue the other way to watch the movie is on a 4x3 VHS. <laughs> Got you back on tape, son! Yes! So, um, my VCR, my trusty VCR of the last 20 years died recently. 
and I was heartbroken. Kyle is currently patting me on the shoulder because he knows that this is a tough thing for me to talk about. It's not a bit. I loved this VCR. And I know I cry about everything. We got Hulu Plus because I cried at a dog food ad and it was just not that much more to just avert that situation in general. And I cry about stuff all the time. But I, Kyle came downstairs and found me crying about a VCR. And I went out and bought another VCR. And it is, let me tell you, in the year of our Lord, 2019, difficult to find VCRs now. Um, And I remember probably a decade ago, you being very upset that I hooked my VCR up to your HDTV. Not upset, just perplexed. You you were upset. (laughs) Now it's hooked up to a CRT, but it belongs. Loudly perplexed. (laughs) So... I have to know where you found a VCR for sale because I was under the impression that they are no longer manufactured. Estate sales. Estate sales. <laughs> yes. And it is a DVD VCR combo. No idea if the DVD part of it works. Um, Don't want to find Have you out. opened the tray? There's probably like dwarf ghost <gasps> fishing in the tray. I'll be right back. <laughs> <laughs> No, I've not opened the DVD tray yet. I feel like that's a special surprise for me, and hopefully not just like where I find evidence incriminating somebody of like a heinous murder. And so know, I've got those unmarked Korean VHS tapes. We need to we need to just suicide pack. Them you need to days. just bury them in the backyard where they belong. No good can come from that, Kyle. So, how many of you were terrified of the tape rewinder as a kid? Nope. No. Nah. I was convinced it was going to eat my tapes. Nah. nah. Mine was shaped like a race car. Yeah. And I was kind and I rewinded. I'm sorry, did you have your own rewinder? Well, no, the family one was. Wait, wait, wait. Quincy, also an only child, was this something you had? No, we had the standard issue black tape rewinder. No! What? You both had VC... Like, Dedicate why didn't you just it. use the rewind button on your VCR? Because if you because run the, the VCR, VCR motors backwards, it breaks the VCR motor. So, okay, so if you were worried that the VCR... And it's faster. The rewinder yeah, it faster. was going to eat your tape, but I... But not the VCR? No, I was worried that both were going to eat my yeah, tape, because if, my tape's always got eaten by if, the machine. If the rewinder eats your tape, that's not a whole lot of VCR to go through to get your tape back. If that VCR eats your tape, and trust me, I have taken apart many VCRs in my time because, once again, I grew up poor. I didn't have cable. I didn't have anything else to do, so I just <laughs> took shit apart. Um, it There's a lot of layers in a VCR to get a tape back unscathed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they never survived. How did um, you both have dedicated rewinders? Is that a thing? Yeah, the, yeah. they have the video club. The movie store had them, but... Yeah. They were nineteen ninety nine on uh, QVC. Yeah, they uh, also sharper image catalog. Sky Mall sold them for like fifty bucks. They they like rewind at breakneck speed. No, yeah. I know. Yeah. I worked at movie gallery for several <laughs> years. We had them. Okay, I... so so then tell me this. Let's we're just gonna blow it wide on open. What's the big deal about charging people to rewind when the movie gallery had, I'm assuming, more than one tape rewinder? I feel like by the time I was at movie gallery, that policy was no longer a thing. I did have people come in and brag that they rewound the DVDs for me, and I found that charming and not have the heart to tell them otherwise. (laughs) 
What is the wildest rental that someone rented while you were there? Oh, I can tell you the wildest returns, homie. Do it. Do it oh, now. Oh, God. We got how an explicit many, tag. How many content warnings can you put on a podcast? All of um, So, Movie Gallery, unlike um, its much more legit cousins, Blockbuster and Hollywood Video, was... Um, it had very large adult film rooms. Not because it had the section of like the late special night interest. Skinamax yeah, movies yeah. in interest. the boxes, like in the cardboard sleeves covering mm-hmm. up the boobies. But then it had a back room that was for like the most hardcore weird mm-hmm. stuff you could find. Did it have a beaded curtain? No, it had a fully closing door <laughs> and it also had I feel like that's bad policy because you don't want to let people in a porn room alone well to counteract that we had a much higher definition camera with audio so sometimes when it was slow we would just turn the audio up and listen to the noises people made browsing porn which were not as lascivious as you would think it was a lot of like hmm hmm Okay. Hmm. Like, just a lot of, like, general indecision noises, which I liked. But, yeah, all of the weird returns were adult films. Um, just returned in, I would say, weird conditions. Um, unsavory conditions. A lot of, why would this have happened? Did it even make it into the DVD player? Um... That working at movie gallery is kind of wild. So working at movie gallery and also working in a movie theater, have you ever said like, "Why, yes, I am part of the movie industry. <laughs> I do work in the showbiz." No, God, I wish I had. Now, damn. No, that would have been awesome. Damn it, nineteen-year-old Meg. <laughs> No, I did call myself an actor because I got $10 for being in a play one time, but that was it. I mean, if if not then, then when could you? <laughs> when I was good in something. <laughs> I was good not everything good, good in that play, but I was in it. <laughs> a lot. That was one that only ran in bars, right? Uh, it also ran at the Bell Court. Okay. And if I recall, my boyfriend did not go see it. No, he did not because he sucked. The boyfriend was me at the time. I sucked. Sorry. He's better now. So this movie, huh? <laughs> yeah, I'm... We're making Quincy very uncomfortable. No, it's fine. It's fine. This movie. Um, why is this movie so woefully unsexy for a movie that's just nothing but boobs? I mean, you saw Andy Sarah give the intro. That's the, true. That is a greasy... Greasy man. The kissing was icky. Yeah, there's a moment there's where nibbling. where he nibbles on, the guy nibbles on her chin. It's a lot of just like so, just chawing down. Less erotic. Hard ticket to Hawaii. Nocturna. Oh. Nocturna. I cannot believe it is more erotic yeah. than. Than Hard Ticket to Hawaii, and yet it's l- Hard Ticket to Hawaii is least less upsetting. 
There's more nudity in Hard Ticket Hawaii. Yes. But less sexiness. Uh, part of that reminds me that Nai Bonet is very charismatic for such a bad writer, director, actress. Same! <laughs> yeah, I think you might be on this thing there. Also, I think that you could see Nai Bonet saying, like, just cast the hottest dude yeah. to grind on me. And um, in this movie, it's just Andy Sedaris saying, uh, yeah, you guys just kind of do it. And then they're like, do what? He's like, uh, the you thing. Know. You know, it. Yeah, no. Do the sex. And they're like, we don't know what, we need direction. And they're like, go for it. But Andy said, Andy Sedaris was already, you know, making himself comfortable. Yeah. Watching. Like, no, do it though. Just do it. Don't make me tell you. Yeah, I'm really worried about the casting couch for this movie. Yeah. Which is just more of a colossal bummer than anything else. Yeah, I mean, yeah. he cast himself in the role he cast himself in. And that, I feel like, speaks volumes. Like, I feel like for, for a lot of dare I say it, auteurs, um, they would maybe cast themselves in an interesting, dynamic, or favorable role. Mm-hmm. He post he, he he cast himself in like the the schmuck, the schlemiel, and yeah. also the predator. Yeah, the predatory sleaze bag. Except there was also a second predatory sleaze bag. There were a lot of predatory sleaze bags in that film. So I think. Ashley, the most predatory sleaze bag. Okay, there's a line in the movie where Ashley says to. It's Andy Sedaris. It's not even a character. He's just playing himself. He says, if you went down on her, you'd be sucking on the back of my head because I would already be down on her. What is the okay? That's the what a merry mix-up. What is the worst? Pardon me, I hate sir. to disappoint you, sir, but that's the back of my head. Woo-hoo. I was gonna say I was gonna ask what the worst sex line was, but that might be it. That's there's that one. There's the uh, when Taryn is asking Donna how hung the oh oh he's only four <laughs> inches <laughs> from the ground <laughs> up. There's just so many. Baffling little one-liners in There's there. also, like, a lot of just straight offensive shit. Like, oh, yeah. the two dudes are doing kung fu on the boat and start doing, doing like, like... Charlie Chan con- voice. Charlie Chan, Confucius say. Mm-hmm. It's just like, no, this is fucking awful. And then the one guy gets shot and goes to the... Um, the one guy gets shot in the heart. In the heart. In the fucking chest. There's a drives hole in the himself of his chest. to the hospital. His friend is in the passenger seat and goes, Boy, buddy, that looks really painful. And then just like does not offer to drive. Because I guess he doesn't have his license. He's just, no. He sucks at everything. He, oh yeah. Rowdy is the worst at everything. Yeah, he is the worst boy. He's just very bad. <laughs> also, it just dawned on me. That a guy throws a samurai sword yeah. like a spear in yeah. this movie. like a dart. I mean, like, he throws it from the blade of the horn of his fingers. He does not know how to use that thing even slightly. There are just a lot of baffling things that happen. I feel the movie started on a baffling note as soon as Rowdy snake. and Braid Guy got... Well, Contaminated Snake, yeah. 
But Rowdy and Braid Guy are doing their karate practice on the boat, and the guy gives them their assignment by delivering a sandwich with a note in it. They read the note, then put it back in the sandwich before lighting it on fire. (laughs) They don't even eat it. Eat the note. It's on the sandwich. Also, the sushi delivery company brings a sandwich with a note on it. Because that's not suspicious at all. But then put it back in the sandwich and then put it on fire. Melting the styrofoam container. Also, the pure chaotic evil of handing someone a divided styrofoam tray upside down with food in it. A single sandwich in it. Uh, sorry, a sandwich that is just a piece of paper and a piece of arugula. Piece of paper, arugula, Two pieces white of bread. Wonder bread. <laughs> just like Ma used to make. <laughs> what happened to us? We were normal people before this movie. But they... they Guys, no. Think about... <laughs> just, <laughs> just think about like the line of thought it takes to be like, oh, I got this secret message in this spy way. Okay, cool. I need to destroy the message. I'm going to set it on fire. Okay, cool. I'm going to put it back in the sandwich first. <laughs> the sandwich doesn't burn. Also, oh, let's talk about this, though. I they think don't put it Jay... all the way back in either. They leave it, leave it halfway out okay. so they can burn it. Is Jade not human? Who because is Jade? The ponytail. the ponytail guy. Okay. Because also later in the film... He makes a joke about like I I drink my my martini dry with a lemon rind and he puts a lemon rind not a lemon wedge but a twist of lemon twist of lemon in his mouth mm-hmm. takes a bottle of gin vodka, put vodka in his mouth and mm-hmm. just drinks it mm-hmm. and then never removes the no, he's seen chewing on the lemon yeah, peel he chews right. on the peel and just eats it. Now, earlier we in the all... film, Taryn ordered the James Bond martini. He ordered the yes. best for martini. Or she ordered the best for martini. Uh-huh. And she offers one to Jade. And he's like, yeah, sure, I'll take a vodka martini with just a lemon. And then he just eats the lemon. <laughs> because he's insane. I guess. I don't, it's I... supposed to show he's a badass? I guess. We but... were all 15, 19, 21. We've all had lemon martinis in our mouth at some <laughs> point like that. I mean... I mean, it was during the flood, but yes. Mm, yeah. Man, this... <laughs> I do appreciate Taryn's nunchuck collection. Yeah, yeah, she's got like 50 nunchucks. And no one in this movie uses nunchucks with any sort of aplomb or yeah. dexterity. Taryn throws them at a dude well, and hits him in the face. As her idol animation, she did some nunchucking. They're like yeah. hiking around, having a conversation, and she's like, look, I'm the one with nunchucks. That's how you know I'm Taryn and yeah. not Ninja Star, whose name I've already forgotten. Donna. Donna. Yeah. Sorry. Donna. I don't sure. know how I know that. So. Well, because that's the actor's name, because even they couldn't remember. Yeah. So she she has the nunchucks and she uses them as nunchucks she nunchucks them for a while and then when she gets into a fight she's like I know what I'll do throw yeah but then any time nunchucks come out they're just holding them together and beating them right even the dedicated ninja lady yeah just uses them uh, as an actual Lori Green is that actor's name Mm -hmm. I looked her up she's never done anything else she is a professional bodybuilder that tracks 
um, who looks like just she looks like she showed up to a Mortal Kombat movie ten years earlier. Yeah, I want a movie just of her, like just of her character. They didn't use her enough. I no. don't really understand what she was there for. I feel like she should have been in charge. She was the only one who demonstrated any real um, capacity to do anything, good or evil. She figured out that there were some. She was the one in the the thing over her yeah. face, right? Yeah, yeah. she was. Uh, she broke into the house and convinced Taryn to tell her that there are diamonds hidden in the freezer. And I feel like she spent a lot of time flexing, mm-hmm. and I I want more of that. Yeah. And yeah. Hey, do you guys remember the time that in this movie a guy gets shot in the fucking face and doesn't die? Yeah, no. He's like, yeah, I don't want to go to the hospital. Seth Romero is the character's name. Seth Romero. uh, Ostensibly the big bad. How do I know this? I don't know. He's the sub-boss. What have I forgotten? Because the big bad is the guy with the weird accent that's supposed to be like a Hong Kong crime lord. Yeah, Mr. Chang, who is the whitest person I've ever seen in my life. Blonde-haired, blue-eyed Mr. Chang... With a German accent, mm-hmm. fake German accent. He looked like he should have been in Die Hard. Yeah. I think that's what they were going for. Yeah. It was a Die Hard-esque. Because he also gets thrown from the top of the building. <gasps> after Ooh, being shot. Yeah. After being shot. Yeah. yeah. Except they don't do the the uh, falling backwards Hans Gruber, Hans Gruber thing. Yeah. No, that's they just throw a dummy off the roof of an actual building. They couldn't and afford a green screen for this movie. But I liked that the dummy kind of caught some air and did not land as quickly as I think anybody yeah. expected. <laughs> yeah. I liked that. Yeah. Um, and I God. felt that was another beautiful shot, though. And if I may, just bravo to the cinematographer. That shot of the dummy falling, as weird as it may have been, but holding a red scarf. It's evocative. It's <laughs> yeah. beautiful. It's it's a movie of kismet. There's just a lot of just unintentional good stuff in this movie. Well, the whole premise with the snake plot, right? We're at a shipping company on on a Hawaiian island mm-hmm. where there is a good snake and a contaminated snake. Yeah. The fact that there needs to be two snakes. If you ask me, all snakes being shipped to Hawaii are bad snakes. Well, one of them is bound for like a reptile exhibition. They also hand Donna and Taryn, they say, this is the the manual on the snake, and it is a children's, a children's book about books. Yes. It's a children's fact book about a snake. Did you notice, okay, the cover of the book said boas. The snake on the cover had a rattle tail. <laughs> it's not even a real book about boas. Well, that's okay, because the snake was not anything. Torn to boa anyways. It was a contaminated, contaminated cancer rat snake. Anaconda, maybe? Anacondas are also constrictors, though. Aww. It reminded me a lot of the rat monkey from Dead Alive. Just like that plot point. <laughs> This could have, in another draft, been a zombie movie. Yeah. I think what this was, was like three scripts. Yeah. This was mm-hmm. fragments that they glued together. That makes perfect sense. Because it, it goes all over the place. And it's like a... There's a part where even the characters in the movie forget what they're supposed to do. Mm-hmm. And they go, oh no, and jump in the car and drive across town <laughs> to do something. Because they're like, oh, there's... 
unfinished business we have. What is this? Oops! And then they run and fix the the ending of the movie. It's like, yeah. hey, you guys killed Seth, right? Uh oh! Bursts out of the back of the van on a motorcycle. And then it it's a it, it the motorcycle doesn't show up for a while, right? And so you've got one of the blonde women couldn't tell you which one. Donna. Donna I sure. Think. Fighting Seth. Final girl style, like. He's like Michael Myers and she's at this yeah, point. Just, she's kind of fucking getting it too. Yeah. Like she's she's nailing it, and yeah. like right as she's going in for the kill, here comes Bazooka Dude on his motorcycle, busting through the damn wall of her house like the Kool Aid Man. <laughs> on a motorbike, and he shoots a bazooka, which has been shown to explode a helicopter, explode, explode one a man, human and, being, and a blow-up doll. And a blow-up doll. But then just knock one dude through a wall, harmlessly. Uh-huh. Yeah, knocks a dude through a wall harmlessly, and then just blows up the head of a snake and not the rest Set of the body. Set bazooka to stun him. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, are they variable-sized rockets, or does Andy Sidious just not understand uh, bazookas? My, my in-universe theory is that the unnamed agency that Rowdy works for does not trust him with real weapons. <laughs> so anytime he gets a shell that explodes, it's a mistake. <laughs> he literally says, I'm wildly incompetent. He's like, I can't shoot anything. That's why I use a bazooka, because I can't miss with it. Yeah. And they're like, ha ha ha. But it's like, no, you're bad at your... Everyone in this movie is very bad at their jobs. Donna is pretty good at her job. Donna what is, is Donna's the, job? She is a secret agent? I, well, what was Redhead's job then? She owns a restaurant. No, but she was like the spy contest. She's like a she's an informant, but she's not a secret agent. Did, as far as I can tell, these secret agents are Ponytail, Rowdy, and Donna. Taryn is in witness protection, but is a better at better at murdering people than um Rowdy. Why was... She also gets murder fever where she... Oh, yeah. She kills the shit out of a dude and is like, that was really easy. Let's keep doing it. Yeah. He's like, she, yeah. They, this has awakened something. They walk <laughs> the helicopter like, that was awesome. Like, we killed like six people. I know! <laughs> Hell yeah, man. Got that bloodlust. This is the first time I've ever felt before. <laughs> and like, the sportscaster is just a sportscaster, but he somehow comes on the secret mission... Right. I don't still understand why. Just to like say talk about how gnarly it was when that dude fell out a window and splattered. This is where our tax dollars were going in the eighties. This government agency takes a stretch limousine to beat the shit out of this crime boss. Yes. To kill like two dudes. <laughs> oh man. Gotta do it in style. <laughs> so if you have not picked up um Hard Ticket to Hawaii on Blu-ray from Mill Creek Entertainment. Please do yourself a favor and buy this. It is... It's wild. It's a fun ride. I revised my initial statement that it was garbage. It fucking ruled. We could tell you this movie beat by beat, scene by scene in order, and you should still watch it because I can't describe to you how amazing Toilet Snake is. Okay, Is there a trope for horror cinema, because you know I don't watch a lot of horror films, um, where they're just trying to convince you to be afraid to go to the bathroom, though? Absolutely. I feel like that comes up a lot. Yeah, shit coming out of toilets. It is where you're most vulnerable. Yeah. 
Yeah. It started with Ghoulies and ends with Dreamcatcher. Mm-hmm. And at some point, a what contaminated snake. What an upsetting arc. <laughs> ghoulies to Dreamcatcher. I had an inflatable Ghoulies 2 um, video store display in my home for some reason growing up. I don't know where it came from. It just showed up. And it was in my bedroom for a long time. It really upset me, but I was too afraid to tell my dad that it upset me. Mm. And I don't know where I was going with that, but I we're probably ma- still have it somewhere. We're making real progress here, Kyle. You know, I haven't been to therapy for a little bit. No, I'm joking. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's okay. I'm open about my mental health. So we're not going to rank this on the list because it doesn't really work. But I will ask you, which is a better watch? Um, Hard Ticket to Hawaii or... The Rocky Horror Picture Show. Hard oh, Ticket to Hawaii in a heartbeat. Mm. Make that true this one. I have a gut no. reaction. To yeah, everything. Kyle has a gut reaction to Rocky Horror Picture Show. He hates everything anyone loved when they were a teenager. So the first half of Rocky Horror Picture Show is better than Hard Ticket to Hawaii. Okay. But Rocky Horror Picture Show, as with so many cult classics, I feel really kind of peters out there at the end. Like it loses momentum. Yes. This film, like a fucking rocket from a bazooka (laughs) inside a bungalow shooting off a snake's head, really just picks up at the end. Yeah, it really maintains the same balls-to-the-wall yeah. action the they whole way through. They kept a constant stream of cocaine in every single person involved in this movie. Yeah, yeah. just a and vacuum cleaner cocaine. to snort all of it. Mm. I just, I feel like this movie had more pure joy to it than yeah. Rocky Horror. I think you're right. I think it's, it's a lot sillier. Yeah. Uh, it's not really taking itself as seriously. Correct. But that, I've I've got a question for you. Okay. This movie or Nocturna? Um, this movie. This movie definitely. But only by a hair because. <laughs> so the thing that I've actually come to really love about Nocturna is there is a scene wherein Nocturna walks down a New York City street, <laughs> and, that and dude it is just following that her. That movie was bonkers. It is a real. Yeah. Shot. They did not have a permit. They just yeah. went to Times Square right. and shot. Right. And you can tell it is the most authentic. Yeah. Like Nocturna yeah. is just sequence. getting cat called, and Nye Bonet is staying in character as this vampire queen. Yeah. Just saying, like, oh, I my name is Nocturna. I'm from Transylvania. Transylvania. That's wild. What's your phone number? Yeah. Like it's. I just. I. Because I'm pretty also sure the, you watched Nocturna for the first time here, right? That's correct. And I was here for it, and I feel like there were parts where you just screamed through it. Yes, I where did. Where you just were looking at the screen going, ah! Yeah. And that didn't happen with this film. That's true. But... At, at no point did you just say you can't do that in a movie. <laughs> yeah, that's that's true. So, I don't know. Maybe it's because my I've been desensitized by... The proximity to Kyle. <laughs> the just, I've, I've off seen on so much garbage that you know garbage doesn't really mean that anymore. Um, just today, I was talking to someone about how high Troll Two is on this list, <laughs> and how like even traditionally bad things lose that when you have movies like 
necromantic and night of something strange in the world. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, there's there's a bad movie, there's an incompetent movie, then there's just a wrong movie. Yeah, you know, Alexander cried when there was no more land to conquer. I think we might be be getting to that point in the show. Bullshit. We have not watched Eternal Evil of Asia yet. That's true. Do you know how many tapes I <laughs> paid for from Movie Gallery? <laughs> Definitely paid Rescued for. Rescued from Movie Gallery when it went out of business. No, I was gone long before Movie Gallery went out of business and had nothing to do with it. So, just like the gold in Goonies, um, I was told a tale of when the Suncoast video went out of business in my local mall as a kid, that the employees hid movies in the rafters of the space to come back for later. And I've always wanted to go on a quest in that same storefront in that mall and try to find all of those Dark Shadows and Gundam Wing Just DVD boxes. Poking through those drop ceilings until like a copy of Genocyber falls exactly. out. Exactly. You want to get in a drop ceiling in a mall? I get you in a drop ceiling in a mall, my dude. Well, not any. Not no, any. Yeah, drop no, ceiling. you point me at the drop ceiling. I'll get you in there, buddy. <laughs> a heist. <laughs> You walk in, walk out, just like you own the place. I can get you there. I can get you there. <laughs> oh, man. So, um, Megan Kyle, would you like to tell our listeners where they can find you on the internet? You can find me on Instagram, at nonplayable. You can find me on Twitter, although I necess- wouldn't necessarily recommend it. I'm at revengemegnever. Also on Instagram is at revengemegnever. Yeah, I definitely wouldn't look for me there. It's all just cats and Kyle. The cats are important. Hashtag, put your foot down, Ellie. Oh, yeah. Anything with hashtag put your foot down, Ellie. That's my cause. (laughs) That round cat. We are on, uh, and the podcast is on um, Instagram, at RankinVile, and on Twitter, at RankinVileCast. We have a website with new long-form content, content, uh, RankinVile.com. Yeah, it's brand new. We have an interview with uh, movie legend Charles Band. Uh, where he sat down and answered some questions with us. So you can read all of that at rankandvile.com. Uh, we have a Patreon, which uh, the generous support of our patrons helps us do things like pay web hosting costs, which are not cheap. And yeah, I'm kicking in for that. I know, and I <laughs> deeply appreciate that. This is a nice website. Um, yeah, it's really nice. Um, one more kind of housekeeping thing before we go. Um Subscription boxes for uh, the $25 patrons, which you get a bunch of DVDs and art and stickers and and enamel pins and stuff. Um, Subscriptions are going to go out in November, so you've got until November 1st to uh, up your your pledge or raise your pledge or um, subscribe at the $25 level to get that box. Uh, so other than that, stay spooky, y'all. Bye. Bye, everybody.